Hey guys, this is Chris and I am back with another interview and this time I am in uh, Source Market in St. Pancras Station with David Greenwood Haig, a um, award-winning chocolatier and chocolate consultant. Uh, we're going to do a tasting and talk about some of the interesting, he's uh, some of the chocolate stuff he does and an interesting approach that he takes to it. Uh, that's uh, Chocolate High by India Irie in the background there. We're going to let that fade out and then I'm going to uh, introduce you to David. Hey David, how are you? I'm good, thank you very much, Chris. Yeah, well, thank you for your time. I know it's a busy day for you. Pleasure, pleasure. Yeah. It's a day full of chocolates. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> like a good day are. too, exactly. then. All right, well, speaking of full of chocolates, we got a uh, counter full of chocolates here. So you brought some things? Yeah, I brought some friend. things to try. I thought the first thing I'd do is just take you through my tasting ritual, I guess, is uh, be it beer sommeliers have a ritual if you go to Belgium they'll teach you how to pour beer right. which glass it should go in uh, often people just open chocolate put it into the mouth crunch it and swallow it um, I've been guilty of that and, and our tummies are really bad at tasting they, they, right, yeah. they're, they're full of acid they just yeah. move it through the system so I thought if I did that uh, and I'd like to do it as a, as a sensory thing so we look okay. at the chocolate touch the chocolate listen to the chocolate oh. smell the chocolate uh, and then finally taste it and okay. we taste it slightly differently but this is just when you're being introduced to a new chocolate this is the best way to do that okay. I've got two different types okay. I've got one uh, that's from America that's okay. this, uh, 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 San Francisco Californian chocolate by Guitard uh, that's yeah, a sure. 64 and I've also got a 75% Haitian chocolate that right. I brought back and made from Haiti so okay, I'll yeah. let you try both but Fantastic. we'll start with this I'll give you okay. a bar in your hand Thank and you. most people uh, this is the looking stage yes we can identify a coke bottle from a Pepsi bottle from a distance yes of course, sir. we can identify uh, a German hock from a German Moselle by the color of the glass from a distance because okay. hock is brown and Moselle is green we know what a champagne bottle looks like but all chocolate ish looks square or oblong right, and sure. then when you open it there's more squares inside yes so <laughs> from a uh, hundred paces you basically yeah that's a bar of chocolate yeah and your only differentiator is it milk white or dark right yeah. or ruby in fact if it's one of the new ones sure, sure. Oh, okay uh, so I try and slow people down and we'd look uh, on this one you'll see this is a 64% Le Harmony uh, guitar product yes and this is fair trade okay uh, this is organic Okay. This is GMO free, this is kosher, this is halal, uh, this is nut free. So you'd look for all those, it's vegetarian but not vegan because the, okay. the machines produce milk and dark, as it's most okay. chocolate companies do. Okay. That. Uh, so, so we'd look for those things. When you turn over on the back of a good chocolate bar, yes. it will tell you the country of origin. And this is from three different countries and it's highlighting them on the back. Central America, South America and the Caribbean. Okay. It's got three different types of cocoa bean in there. They've wow. made a blend yeah. and it tells you the three types on there, which are Forestero, Trinitario and Criollo. Which okay. are the, the, two, the three main things. Sure, yeah. Most of the cocoa is Forestero. Okay. Then you can have a look at the nutritional things if they're important and be ready to open the chocolate bar. Oh, really? May I? Okay. And again with it, yes. we're almost looking at a golden ticket. When yes, we open okay. a fine chocolate, often you'll get further tasting notes okay. and you'll see beautiful package. This one has got some 
a really attractive picture of a cocoa pod on a tree. Very nice. And okay. Most people don't get to see that. Yeah. And then if we open the chocolate bar itself, what we should have inside there, and it's always uh, a surprise because you never. I don't know until we open it right. together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should have smooth, shiny chocolate. Very smooth. Uh, Most of yeah, us at some, shiny, yeah. at some stage uh, have bought chocolate when we've opened it. It's had white or grey streaks right. on the top of the chocolate. That's called a bloom. And okay. There are two different types of bloom. There's a fat bloom and a sugar bloom. Mm. Uh, a fat bloom is if you put this on a windowsill, chocolate starts to melt at 25 degrees okay. and is fully liquid at 36, right. uh, body temperature 36.2. Okay. So usually when we've melted our chocolate we take that and we stick it into the fridge. The cold from the fridge shocks the chocolate and the cocoa butter migrates to the surface and you end up with a, a sticky layer on top. If you've taken chocolate from the fridge, you may have noticed often it's sticky. Okay. Uh, the sugar that's in there melts at 180 degrees, so that pokes out of the top. When the chocolate's relaxed and, uh, and, and as it's melted, uh -huh. the sugar pokes out of the top. When you've put that in the fridge, sugar adores water adores moisture so okay. all the moisture in your fridge will smell of that piece of still and right, yeah. half, half unwrapped on the end that's there of the curry mm -hmm. and all those uh, molecules and aromas get drawn to the sugar and they then pool around the sugar crystals okay people think that's mold uh, chocolate's mainly too sweet to mold okay. it's usually the things that are in it like fruit and nut that could mold yeah but chocolate generally right. doesn't mold okay uh, so you bring that out you can eat it it won't kill you but it doesn't feel right in your mouth right. because you've messed with the crystalline structure of the chocolate and they've been taken out out of order mm -hmm. and to put them back in order you would need to retemper the product I see okay. and that's the thing that we see quite often All right. uh, okay. with chocolate so we've looked at it we're yeah. now going to touch. If you run your finger across the top of your chocolate, right. it should be dry, smooth, and feel shiny. Yeah. Shouldn't feel sugar crystals. Shouldn't feel like dust. Doesn't there. leave anything on my finger much no. either. And the, no. then if you just cuddle the corner slightly, uh -huh. okay, it should start to melt on your finger. Yeah. Okay. And that yeah, tells yeah. you that it's got real cocoa butter because okay. you've been able to melt it. The the term is and lick your finger. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the term is it should yield to your touch. Okay. A little bit like a Viking or a Roman. But not too much. No, no it, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Properly tempered chocolate sh should hold. Uh, but that's why sure. you had to put some pressure on to do yeah. that. But it's f the only naturally occurring fat that's fully liquid at body temperature, which is yeah. why chocolate is sensual, and that's why sure. uh, we've got all, all the usual. But like, if you get sort of like cheap candy bar. As soon as you touch it, it kind of melts, and that shows the Absolutely. lack of quality. Or yeah. they would put things like palm oil in there, okay. some of the modified fats. That's that like diluted. If, yeah, Absolutely. Okay. Okay, okay, and okay. It, because they're cheaper. Sure, of course. Yeah. Sure. So we've looked at it, touched it, listened to it, mm -hmm. and now if you lift up your bar to your ear okay. and, and listen to what it's saying, yeah. this is probably more difficult. Eat me. Yeah, it perhaps <laughs> eat me always. And I'll move mine yes, yeah, close to the mic. mic yeah. Okay. And the snap is telling you that yeah, the, the snap's very important, isn't it? Very important. Okay. And all the adverts you see on TV, uh, if you look at the, cap, the current UK uh -huh. Cabri advert that shows the, the man in his office dancing to Yes Sir, I'm a Lady, yeah. and he takes his bar when he goes onto home, snaps it across, and you hear the hear yeah. the snap, then he puts three pieces in his mouth and goes snap again. If you look at the Green and Blacks advert sure. with Red Riding Hood, she, where well, she's playing hide and seek with the wolves, uh -huh. She'll do exactly the same and you'll see her snap the chocolate 
the lint advert that I watched yesterday oh, yeah. shows a, almost an explosion when you snap it. Right, yeah. and that's the 1500 aromas exploding as you start to release them. Okay, right, so yeah. it's really, really important that that snaps there. Chocolate has a, is a polymorphic crystalline, okay. which sounds really clever, yeah. but it basically means that the crystals that are in there can be six different things. Okay. A little bit like ice, water can be steam, can be ice, can, uh, can, can be liquid, sure. those things. Uh, only one of the crystalline, uh, uh, one of the crystals of chocolate, yeah, okay, sure. can actually give you smooth, shiny chocolate that shrinks in the mould. Okay. and we'll give you a snap and won't melt immediately again. Ah. And that's the beta 5 crystal, just so we've done the clever bit. Okay, okay. If you take it too far to the beta 6 crystal, the chocolate will be so tough you, you break your teeth. Right, okay. If you take, don't take it far enough and you take it to the 4 crystal, then it will take a month to set. It'll be a really big problem. And who's got a month to wait and you need yeah, right, yeah. Keep, yeah. <laughs> you want the chocolate yes, now. Yes, yes, yes. So we've looked at it, we've touched it, we've listened to it, mm -hmm. we're now going to smell it. If you lift it up okay, to your nose, yeah, yeah. Uh, where we've been broken, and have a really good sniff. There's 1,500 volatile aromas in chocolate. Right. Wine has about 500, beer has about 500, coffee, three, three 400, depending mm -hmm. which one. And you should start to uh, get some aromas there. You can rub it slightly if you need to. Uh, release some of those aromas. Yeah. Uh, our nose accounts for between 70 and 90% of everything we experience as taste, as flavour, that is driven by our nose, not by our mouths. Right. Because most people are used to seeing the tongue map that we were all taught at school, which has now been debunked as, as bad science. Okay. Uh, so we don't taste different foods in different places on our mouths. Uh, we have clusters of no. taste buds all over our tongue, and some okay. of us have more clusters than others. All right. uh, so okay. that's where the super tasters okay. come in. Uh, when you smell that, you'll get things, you might get something like red cherries, Slightly yeah, I can get that. earthy, yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. oaky. Our noses are really clever. Yeah, yeah. They only sample for about seven seconds. Right, so okay. your nose will sample and then it stops in case what you're sampling is bad and it will kill you because we're using mm -hmm. probably right, okay. the, the, the first, most primitive, most powerful sense we have. If you think of animals, if you think of a, a yeah. baby joey when it's born, we've all seen the wildlife program when sure. it crawls up the mum's tummy to the pouch. Uh -huh. That's blind and deaf. So right. how does it know where the pouch is? It's smelling okay, wow. because the mum's laid a trail. And it's at the front of, of our head, so uh -huh. it developed before the ability to sure. speak and things. And it's, we just don't use it well enough. So if we have a really good sniff, we've got that sure. uh, aroma. The final thing, if you break a piece big enough that you want to put in your mouth, yeah, okay. that's my polite. Okay. <laughs> then pinch your nose first. Okay. Put the piece onto your tongue. Okay. <laughs> Push your tongue to the roof of your mouth. You shouldn't need to crunch and close your mouth. And then release your nose. And it should have gone from sweet to then a burst of flavour as yeah. the aroma start to hit your nose. Yeah, yeah. And then you, you can and identify. Gradually more and more notes come out. Absolutely. Fun. And then the last part of that is just the finish to say, how does that end? If it ended really abruptly and quick, yeah. Uh, then your brain will say, give me some more of that, and, and, and it would be demanding sugar, really, not yeah. the flavour. Right. But if it's a really pleasant, slow wind down as it develops, then your brain will be more satisfied. Probably less yeah. chocolate, but better chocolate. And the the, fla the taste is, is a little different from the aroma, and so I'm just 
receiving more information? Or Absolutely. How does that Absolutely. Work? I, I, I had a meeting a couple of weeks ago with uh, someone who tastes with colour and I took some chocolate there and she said, don't show me, and closed her eyes, took mm-hmm. the chocolate from me and then rubbed it all over her head, round her nose, uh, with her eyes closed and I thought, strange, because yeah. I've never seen this before. Yeah. Uh, and she said, well, if I look at it, my eyes will influence what I'm going to taste. Okay. Which is, makes this perfect. is sincio. It is. Or I forget the word. But Sinesis, yeah. Sinesis, Sinesis, yeah. yeah, yeah okay. If I've said that right, yeah. but somebody corrected if not. Yeah. Yeah, sure. uh, but if you've seen the film Ratatouille, there's a mm. ca- there's a cartoon version of mm-hmm, exactly mm-hmm. that. But this was Joanne Harris who wrote the book Chocolat. Oh, right, okay. And she is a nose in the perfume industry, yeah. as is Richard E. Grant. Oh, uh, really? So they, oh, I didn't so that they that can that. look at things and actually tell you what they taste like okay. or, or what it triggers to them right, in yeah. their head. So it's, it's a really interesting thing to do. Okay. She then confirmed that by smelling it properly, then she confirmed yeah. that further by tasting. So once you move into that, you get a whole great experience. Occasionally, you can spoil it. If somebody's got the worst colour in the world for the product, uh, then she can. Okay. Her brain will tell her that's going to taste of bananas and it tastes of plums or something right. like that. So okay. it's oh. a really interesting. Uh, that's fascinating. Wow. So. You do these tastings for anybody, obviously, Absolutely, but yeah. you, you have more of a team-building approach to a lot of what a lot I, of your events. I, I do right? this for, for lots of financial companies, mm-hmm. uh, so the banks quite like to team-build, but this is an easier and a softer version and more collaborative because you're tasting chocolate. Often I might be pairing it with craft gins or, or craft mm-hmm. beers, so we'll do chocolate and beer and chocolate and wine. Uh, we also would teach them how to make chocolate. So okay. we'll have a, a chocolate factory and they will learn to make chocolate and why they should put mint with dark chocolate or why they should put uh, sour cherries and, and, okay. and we'll go through a, a whole flavour training process which I've done for a couple of retailers also because okay. their buyers need to be very good. I went to one major retailer uh, when I worked for a chocolate manufacturer, yeah. and the chocolate buyer didn't eat chocolate. Okay. Oh. So you have, a, you have a, quite a background working in chocolate in the food industry. So I yeah. did 11 years with Divine Chocolate. Divine Chocolate, okay. Uh, I've done training with lots of quite well-known chocolatiers around the UK. I, before that, I've worked for Chupa Chups, the mm-hmm. lollipop yeah, company course, yeah, in Barcelona, yeah. as yeah. it was then. I've Campbell's US Soup. And worked on their frozen pastry division, okay. pies, passes, uh, uh, those things. I've also worked for Unilever. Uh, so, and then I was a chef in hotels, and, and then through okay. to. Okay, so a few different sides of the business. Always, yeah. always food, but, okay. but running, running right, right through from uh, the kitchen. Okay. And every time I talked to someone, not when I was selling to retailers, yeah. I would always get the product out, tell them how I would cook mm-hmm. it explain how it had been made as a chef would make it rather than as a manufacturer uh, because I found that that was quite interesting. When I worked for Young's Bluecrest, the seafood company, Mm -hmm. I would take people onto trawlers, show them fish coming out, I'd take them onto the hand filleting line and show them how the guy or or the lady was filleting fish and and what we were weighing the waste and this is why her knife skills or his knife skills were paramount as well as safety of course. So yeah, yeah, I think the food, we've lost touch in many instances. I agree, yeah. And I think the fewer steps between yeah. the, the beginning of the product and the end user is very important and understanding and knowing as much of those steps Absolutely. as possible. Well, well the interesting fact when I worked in, in seafood was that it's the only protein we still hunt for. 
Yeah, okay. And, and most of us, I didn't, haven't realised. Yeah, that's until an interesting think, yeah. I never really quite thought about it that way, yeah. Mm. yeah. So, so, yeah, so lots. Yeah. And so, well, you mentioned Haiti earlier. So yeah, I've been going to Haiti yeah. for 20 years. Okay. Uh, a building, for a, a friend of mine who was a self-employed builder was asked to go out on a charity project and, and manage some some uh, gap year students mm-hmm. that were going to do something and they wanted a qualified builder to be around yeah, sure. for safety reasons uh, and he came back and we sat in the pub and he said show me photographs his holiday snaps and he was there a year and he said why don't you come and I said but I'm a chef what does a third world country want with yeah. a chef you know uh, it, it doesn't seem right and he said no no come on and I went out for the first four years running and okay. laboured on the building site and uh, you can see I'm a Figure of figure of yeah. Uh, you have a hearty fitness. appetite, as <laughs> exactly, do I. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh, but that doesn't lend well for manual labour. I'm, mm. I'm better in a kitchen with uh, a knife yeah, or a chopping board yeah, yeah. or a whisk in my hand. So I did that, and then I thought there must be something that I can do that they can't, because Haitians are clever. They can cook. Sure, yeah. They can do lots of stuff. Just in a lousy geoma- a- geographic absolutely. part of the world. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so. I said, okay, what can I do? I can take photographs and see things interestingly, mm-hmm. and all the photos that I take, and I've, I've written a recipe book, okay. uh, because there aren't many Haitian recipe books in the world. When you start to look, there's three or four, really. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I went to Border Books, and there was none. When I che- right. And I checked their computer in America, I checked yeah. the computer. You know, I went to Miami thinking a little Haiti. Yeah, sure, yeah. No, no, there wasn't any. I'm guessing it would be a really great cuisine too. You've got French, yeah. you've got, you've got French, Caribbean. you've got pirate food, you've got yeah, West yeah. Africa, you've got all those things going on. So it's Free seafood, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I, while, while mm. I'm talking about Haiti, I'm going to give you some Haitian yes. chocolate to okay, try. Yes, sir. Yeah, okay. This is from the south of Haiti, from Dame Marie. Okay. Uh, Dame Marie was devastated by the hurricane two years ago. Okay. They're just re, uh, regrouping, really, and their cocoa trees are, are recovering. So there's a small harvest mm-hmm. out this year, but some of the best chocolatiers across Paris, across France, are okay. using this really, really fabulous really? product. But you'll get some smoky banana in there. Shall I snap it? Yeah, yeah, please do. The, the interesting thing with the snap, the more cocoa that's in there, the louder that snap will be. Mm. So you'd have noticed that. That was quite louder. prominent. Snap. Yeah. Oh. What's the... This so is the, 75%. 75%, okay. Yeah. Mm. That's really good. Yeah, and, it, and it's some people think 75 will be too strong, and, mm. and it's not. It, it's really... I, I use this quite a lot when I'm when I'm baking or making other things. Mm. I do a, a turmeric and rube, sorry, turmeric and beetroot truffle using it as well. Uh, that's really nice. It then becomes a super super food. A very long finish too. Yeah. 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 Wow. What's the what are the beans for this one? The, the beans for this are Criollo. So hundred percent. Hundred percent. That just kind of means local beans, right? Yeah. Well, the, both because it, it was obviously West African slaves were taken mm. there to to manage some of those plantations originally by the French, mm. uh, but there's some on Dominican Republic from the, the Spanish brought in. So you've got a little bit of stuff coming from Central America, okay. and there'll be Criollo, Forestero, there'll be all three things there. Okay. Uh, again, when I was in Haiti this year, uh, I was doing some work with my builder friend, yeah. uh, and he's in a hospital doing some work now. Okay. And I told them I did chocolate, they were building a bakery for to rehab uh, people who've had spinal injuries and, and paraplegics mm-hmm. and things, so they got a really interesting project. Yeah. And I said, are you going to do chocolate? 
and I said, we never thought of it. Mm. And then, obviously, the more they talked to me and, and listened to Brandon Chocolate Wise, they yeah. said, would you come and teach us? And I said, absolutely. I then walked out of the hospital, looked over the road, and I said, that's cocoa. All oh, right, wow. And they've okay. never seen so this wild 15 there. hectares of cocoa rotting on the trees. Oh, the trees badly pruned and not maintained and not weeded. And I said, well, whose is that? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they said, we don't know. So they're making an inquiry as to who's that cocoa is. All and right, say, okay. can, can we buy some off you? Can we have some land? Can we? Or the other thing to do would be to just advertise, we buy cocoa. And okay. then sure. locals will bring, because some people will have two or three trees themselves. Yeah. And they will bring the cocoa in wet in a bowl. Okay. And then you process that on. So the skills I'll give them is how to process that cocoa. Sure. Uh, and then how to take it on. Okay. And we're hoping we can then start a chocolate safari to take mm. people who are interested to Haiti yeah, right, and yeah. Haiti can be a tough country sure. I've because I've got people that I know and this is Cap Haitian yeah. there are some nice hotels so yeah. you can say okay, okay let's not make it too tough because that's not the yeah, sure. I'm not trying shop, to yeah. show you poverty because no. I'd take you somewhere else maybe to do that yeah, right, yeah. Uh, I certainly wouldn't take you to a to a hospital to do that Uh, and we would take people there we would do the tasting we've done here do some cooking and show them local cuisine but incorporate cocoa into that and some local products and then we'll take them onto a cocoa farm let them see how it's processed let them plant a tree so they can leave some heritage behind a disease free healthy sapling that's going to grow and in four years time we'll send them a bar of chocolate that we've made from their tree and that would be ecotourism bringing yeah. into the country and because if I teach them to make chocolate they're not really going to sell chocolate locally right, because yeah. the local market can't afford sure, to yeah. buy chocolate it's a it's an extravagance that we can afford yeah but what they do do is they drink drinking chocolate mm-hmm. they use cocoa butter for cooking for cosmetics uh, for other things you can fry in cocoa butter All right, okay. so there's lots of other things you do okay. so I would teach them to make cocoa butter the waste product from making cocoa butter is cocoa powder okay. or you turn it to cocoa powder so they could make drinking chocolate right. that way and that would then go locally they can use cocoa butter to make soap Okay. so they can create so that if you remember your school lessons so there's things they can do locally and then they can sell their beans in the usual manner or if they're really great at what they do, hopefully to an artisan uh, chocolate maker somewhere else in America or yeah, Europe. Sure, yeah, of course. But of course. And I need to address the local issue to say, mm-hmm. how are you going to pay for tomorrow's lunch and yeah. the kids going to school? And I think that would be with cocoa butter, cocoa powder, sure. uh, and those little things, and oh, yeah. ecotourism. Yeah, okay. And, and and David, correct me if I'm getting this wrong, but the the concept would be uh, sort of a factory a and shipping a container. shipping container. Yeah. Can you talk about that a little bit more? Because yeah. I think that's really it's fascinating. A, call it a chocolate factory in a box. Okay. So I've, I've got a friend in Wales who operates in a Glastonbury uh, shipping container. So this okay. was a site office in Glastonbury. Uh, and I said, Pablo, this looks fantastic. Yeah. Can I steal the idea? He said, yeah, off you go. And it's basically, you could have a matate uh, and a mano di pedra and grind beans by hand, if you yeah. wanted, in this thing. And then we can teach them how to slab temper using okay, marble, sure. or we can put a tempering machine in. Okay. This could be as little as 500 pounds of equipment or as yeah. much as £30,000, depending what level of production and skill you would want to so take but, it. So could, you could scale it up Absolutely. quite, quite yeah. 
the space yeah, space well, needed yeah. you could yeah. stick another container sure. if you wanted okay. uh, footprint but Great. generally you don't need that much the space we're looking at if i yeah, turn right, yeah. is almost uh, to the end of the counter so yeah. 20 foot ah, by okay. eight foot All right, okay. uh, and sort of nine foot tall Great. If it's a reefer, it will have air conditioning because it'll have a chiller unit. Sure, okay. Uh, it can have solar, it can have wind, it can have hydro. So, and a, the best way, speaking to some of the experts yeah. in that, is a combination of all three. Okay. But we're not always lucky enough to be able to do that. Sure, so right, yeah. We'll say, let's ideally plug it into the mains, yeah. open a generator on but there's these other things that would help uh, and that can then move and be dropped in another part of the world I'm going to Jamaica in uh, December to do exactly the same oh, right, okay. and we're hoping that the Jamaican government are going to be involved because they're quite interested because it would create lo local employment and then ecotourism uh, I love it, I love it. And now this has taken you to Sao Tome as well, right? Uh, Sao Tome, which yeah. was this summer. Yeah. A couple uh, of islands off the coast of West yeah. Africa, yeah. It's just like Jurassic Park. It's the oh, most right, beautiful right. place that you've never heard of. Mm. Uh, it's in Condonasti, Nat Geographic, yeah. say this is a place you must go. Okay. It's in their top 12 lodges of the world. Wow. And absolutely beautiful. There's 50% uh, of all the chocolate or cocoa that came to the UK used to come from there. Oh, is that right? Okay. Yeah, the Portuguese had it as a colony and uh -huh, they yeah. inhabited it with West Africa, with people from Cameroon and Angola and they, because that was another one of their areas. I think it allowed them to do stuff and nobody could see what they were doing because okay. it was off the coast and sure. it was away from the British and the Dutch and <laughs> when you think of those, those times. Yeah, sure. uh, when they pulled out and gave them independence in 75, they took all the infrastructure away with them. So as you walk around the island, you'll see huge rushes, uh, villas, uh, that are, are just going to ruin. They've gone back. Uh, I'll give you some pictures, actually, yeah, because that, you yeah. can, uh, to link with this. And it's beautiful and poetic, and there are little railway lines all over the island that are just going back to nature. The rainforest is taking them all back, uh, and the cocoa is rotting on the trees. Wow. I, I met two people. I, I was contacted online from a guy who said, would you like a busman's holiday? And I said, where? And he mm -hmm. said, Satome. I said, where's that? <laughs> and I just Googled uh, as I was speaking to yeah, <laughs> uh, and, and saw this and thought, okay, uh, this looks interesting. Mm -hmm. And it's an organic biosphere. So the government have said, no chemicals, we're organic. Okay, well. They've turned oil down and said, no, there is oil there. And they've said, no, because I want to protect the reef. Uh, and Mark Shuttleworth, who's uh, a billionaire, uh, tech IT guy okay. and from he was, South Africa yeah. well, his, his dual, dual nationality the Isle of Man and South Africa all right well okay uh, and he uh, as one of his ways of putting back I guess mm -hmm. uh, wants to actually do something good he's, he's built some roads uh, in the country he's improved the airport he's bought four hotels uh, okay. Three of them on Princeep, which is the smaller of the two islands, okay, right, yeah. and then one receiving hotel in Sao Tome. And you can only fit 15 people. There's only ever 30 tourists on the island at any one time. Oh, right, wow. So this is fairly exclusive, yeah. but there are Airbnb places. Rough guides say it's safe enough to sleep on the beach. Okay. And I would agree with that, okay. having been. It's not like some of the other African countries. Yeah. All South American countries yeah. that you would hear of, so it is. It is <laughs> where I live in London. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or <laughs> Leeds. I wouldn't sleep outdoors. In, exactly. 
so it, it is a really beautiful place yeah. uh, and he said we want to set up a chocolate factory because sure. we want to make some here and we need something to teach us so I went and taught nine locals uh, with uh, and stayed at these this fabulous yeah. hotel and, they, and, and that was my payment was taking my wife mm -hmm. to a lovely hotel for two sure. weeks and then I, I did the work Wonderful. Uh, we had a chocolate banquet and invited the local TV, the president came and awarded the certificates to the team. So it was a really big deal. Yeah, right. When I was talking to the president, he came and said, where's the best cocoa grown here? And I said, actually, where are you standing now? Here. And he said, how do you know that? Because I'm an English bloke, what, how would I know? And I brought a little book out of my bag that's called The Chocolate Islands. Okay. And it was a report that was done for Cadbury. Huh. when he wanted to check whether there was sla any slave influence in his supply chain. So he sent a guy to, to do a survey and this was the result of the survey. Right, okay. And I said, well, it's from here. And I showed him the little map in the book. Mm. And then he turned, flicked the page, he said, that's my house. <laughs> so I'd got a book with me that I brought from Leeds wow. with a picture of his house. Incredible. Uh, Incredible. And he said, this is amazing. Uh, and I think there's further things. I'm going back next year. Okay. We're hoping to start uh, a literary award festival and the chocolate festival at the same time. Okay. The reason uh, that we talk about uh, literary things is because Joanne Harris, who wrote the book Chocolat, mm -hmm. has a second instalment, uh, so it's a part two, okay. is coming out in April next year. Uh, and she lives quite close to me. She's a Yorkshire girl, born in Barnsley, uh, studied in Wakefield where I live, and I, I lived in the same village as her for a while. So, right, okay. And we had a chat. And she said, really interesting, I love this. I, she travels and writes for various newspapers and things. Mm -hmm. And she said, I'd love to get involved. Yeah. So I contacted her and it looks like her, her I and uh, Richard E. Grant okay. will be going out to try and do something next and year. And you're saying he has an involvement he, with chocolate? He's a nose. So okay. he, he, he's a, with the perfume industry, he has his own fragrance. Really? Okay, okay. Uh, and Joanne's the same, so that's how she met him yeah, okay. through Chocolat and then uh, the fragrance industry and that if you have a perfect nose as yeah. you see the 1500 aromas in chocolate are really really good yeah, right. joanne's new book heavily features uh sense the sensors as the first one did when you look if you've watched chocolat recently you'll see all those aromatic and the plays on uh, where she used to guess what flavor was their sure. favorite and so yeah yeah uh, okay well, well david it sounds like almost everything you do has a lot of heart so that's appropriate because the name of your business is? Cœur de Chocolat, okay. which is the heart of chocolate. Yes, yes, Chocolatel yes, yes. is the original spelling of the word chocolate okay. in Olmec. All right, uh, lovely. And um, I got one more question for okay. you. What is ruby chocolate? You, you threw that one out earlier. <laughs> I was like, you threw it for a spin too. I ruby thought I knew chocolate a lot about chocolate. A, uh, the, the biggest chocolate manufacturer in the world, Barry Calibo, have, uh -huh. have turned up with the, uh, a naturally pink, fruity tasting chocolate. So there's now milk white dark and ruby. Okay. It was launched this time last year, and the first product it was launched in Japan, and the first product was a, a Kit Kat. So if you go to Tesco's, you may be able to find a pink Kit Kat. I, okay, yeah, I have seen those. Uh, yeah. And it's starting to spread and become the fine chocolate industry. <laughs> a, a sort of still thinking about it. Okay. Really, there are okay. some that say it's great, and there are some that say it's not. Mm -hmm. uh, the fact is it's naturally pink and it's huh. naturally fruity that's that's what we tell them. okay uh, i've tasted it yeah. it's interesting white chocolate's not my first choice so you say fruity sort of berries or berries okay. yeah yeah uh, but it's naturally that way 
Okay. Uh, and there's quite quite a lot of people will try that. Uh, and and the big deal for me is that it's naturally that way, and they're saying it's bean selection rather than uh, adding products to that. So it, so watch for it. It's really an yeah. interesting thing to Very do. Uh, I've brought you something else. Oh my goodness! Uh, just as a quick taster. Wow. These are nibs from Satome. Wow. They look like little gold nuggets. They do. May I taste? Yeah, yeah, they are. Okay. So yeah, try those. So I've had nibs before, but they've been very rather dark. What the, the, the nibs that have been yeah. chocolate coated in chocolate I made in Satome, mm. and then I've bronzed them to make them look like gold nuggets. I call it chocolate caviar, but that also has a long, a little bitter. Yeah, but was, which is a great thing for me, a little bitter, bittersweet, I guess, but really long finish. This would be great with. Porridge, People yogurt, put them on there, yeah. you can decorate desserts with them also, mm. you can caramelise them. And if you had them as a snack, uh, these, these are not commercially available, yeah. this is just something I've done because I can't. Uh, and um, coconuts are really good for you too, Very, right? very yeah. good. It's a superfood, really. You've got phenols, you've got the richest source of magnesium, you've got great chocolate on there as well. Right. And because the centres are 60% of what you've just eaten, uh -huh. that means... 60% of it doesn't have sugar in. Right, yeah. The chocolate content is a 72%, so therefore there's only 28% of that. I see. So 40% chocolate, yeah. only 28% of that is sugar. Okay. So which is I guess chocolate in general, if it's not got the milk or a lot of sugar, it's quite healthy Absol as well, absolutely. right? Absolutely. And it depends which milk also. Okay, People yeah, sure. often don't realize that milk chocolate is usually lower calorie than dark. Right, yeah, okay. If you look at a standard green and blacks bar, huh. there's less calories in milk than there is in dark. Okay. Uh, but our brains would have told us that was the opposite. Cocoa has is high calorie? Well, well, because you're adding more sugar and you're adding ah, okay, uh, yeah. cocoa butters in different quantities. I see. Okay, the calories okay, okay. And, but cocoa butter's good for us because it has olic acid in it yeah. and olic acid is really good. So it's always the same, it's moderation. Yeah. Yeah, uh, good up. chocolate and moderate, and the better the chocolate, the less you will eat. Okay. Because yeah, your brain sure. will be satisfied. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that's a good thing. Yes, I agree. And another good thing would be finding out how people can learn about your work. And yeah, they can contact me on uh, YouTube, Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook, mm -hmm. all at Coeur de Chocolat. I know okay. it sounded gr a great idea, but yeah. it's a nightmare to spell. Could you please? Yeah, yeah. it's. C-O-E-U-R-D-E-X-O-C-O-L-A-T. Okay. And that can be Comco or those sure. other things. Uh, and they should find me that way. Okay. I even bought the web address Curda Chocolate just in case just somebody in case. gets lost. Okay, well, I think they'll find you. And the, the surname Greenwood Haig. Haig is H-A-I-G-H. -H. Is it that is, correct? That's okay, great. Yeah. David, thank you so much for your time. My pleasure, Chris. Thank you.